But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, we use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, Ole, every day. Casa Ole, Ole! God dang, it's Lima time time. All right, so I'm James, he's Pat. He's going to say something yep. very briefly about Bravado Spice, and then we're going to start yelling. So, Pat, talk about Bravado Spice. Okay, there are things like the Astros, and then there are is Bravado Spice. It's the best hot sauce that I've had. It's really good. Seth, I will contact my people at Bravado and try to get you a box because I feel like you need to try it. It's really good. Yes. Um, I like it. I'm very upset right now. So everybody, go drink some hot sauce right now. Just yeah. Bravado Spice Company hot sauce. And we'll all do it together. It's all good. Go buy it. You know where to find it. Go to their social media accounts. You you know the routine. We do this every week. Bravado, I love you. My tone is in no reflection of my feelings for you. Let's get on the show. All right. It's episode 21 of Lima Time Time. Everything is terrible. The Astros screwed themselves, and the season is basically over. Uh, but we have an awesome special guest for you tonight. He is Seth Payne, 10-year NFL veteran, which means he has more testosterone right now than I have ever had in my entire life combined. Um, and he is on 610, and you already know who he is. So, Seth, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing, I'm probably doing about like you guys. I will say, I listened to you, your last podcast on Friday as I was driving through rural Tennessee before the Astros game started. And it was, you guys had done the podcast right after the trade deadline. And it actually, it made me feel a little bit better and a more a little bit more philosophical about everything. And now, I, I feel like I was in that same spot as you guys were post-trade deadline. Hey, I'm taking the long view. We're going to be patient here. Discretion is the better part of valor. All that good stuff. But then you forgot that you were going to face the Rangers. And, and you forgot that the Rangers had actually made aggressive moves before the trade deadline and that wasn't. Might what might happen with those actual guys they traded for, and then you realize, oh wait a second, I don't want to be patient. I don't want to. I, I was patient long enough. I want this team to produce right now, and I want I want the front office to go out and do it. So I'm trying to remind myself that I was advocating patience along with you guys just like like 72 hours ago. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think that I'm we're doing both at the same time, which is really shitty because you're rooting for your team to excel. But you're also looking at the long view. That's baseball is, I guess it's much different in that way from from other sports where you have the farm system and everything's set and it's planned and you have to be patient. But this team was good, and now they're not. Yeah. And they could have just won three games this weekend after that shitty week, and it would have been okay. And they did. It's it, been. It's just the. It's the cumulative effect of these last couple of weeks of the offense just falling off a cliff, and you just. You remember. You just always have to remind remind yourself. Okay, this team's got a few studs at the top of the order, and they they got a bunch of other guys that are just guys, and they've got Valbuena, who was for the most part just a guy until this season, and he got hurt. But that also, you know, in in, in Valbuena, in Valbuena being hurt. 
that kind of was where the injuries reared their ugly head. You know, McCullers going down, Valbuena going down. The Astros had been had been a, a relatively a, a very healthy team up until this point in the season, and now this is when having your thin position players, uh, having having all these young guys coming up, you're really starting to see the cumulative effect of it. And it, uh, I don't want to be pessimistic. I don't want to be overly pessimistic about it, but it is. You no. just you lost two games on the Rangers today, and that's pretty much. I didn't want to go into this series saying that hey, if they didn't win this series or if they didn't show something in this series, then then the playoff hunt was over. But it sure feels like that right now. It does. It does feel like that. But we have three more with Toronto, and we have six more with Texas. So but, it's not over, but it's fucking close. Wait a second. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Because you say you say we have six more with Texas. Like, that's a good thing. Like, what over the course of the well, last— Well, that's a chance to erase a seven-and-a-half game. If, if we just play decent baseball for the rest of August, that can take seven-and-a-half games down to one-and-a-half if nothing else changes. The, so The Astros— the, the opportunity is there, though. I'm just saying— we. The games have been close. I think they got to Keiko one game, but other than that, all of the games against the Rangers this year have been very close and were winnable games. This was a sweepable weekend, a hundred percent. Lucas Harrell yesterday. Lucas fucking Harrell. Lucas. Lucas Harrell. Are you? Are you? Like, are you kidding me? That's that's like the most Astros thing that's ever happened, maybe. Yeah, that the, they could chase Lucas Harrell before he'd finished four innings, and and he didn't qualify for the win because he didn't pitch long enough, but the Astros had the bases loaded twice and could only walk in a run. Like, okay, so ugh, my question to you, Seth, is as a former professional athlete, what's the what is the mental aspect of the Astros right now when it comes to the Rangers? You know, there's there's something to it. You know, and AJ Hinch has even addressed it and and conceded on some level that there's something mental there. But it's just that tricky thing in baseball, more than in any other sport, more than in basketball or football or, or just about any other sport. You got to walk that fine line between between deeply and not caring at all and i don't know what the advice would be to to get over whatever mental block it is versus the rangers and it, and it's it seemed like and i said on friday night after they won that game or thursday night after they what when i'm going to my the uh friday night yeah. when they when they had that offensive explosion in the fourth inning it, it felt like they'd passed a kidney stone it felt like all there was all <laughs> yeah. this pain and discomfort all of a sudden you pass the stone and everything's flowing and it you <laughs> wanted to believe that okay that's going to be the end of it like that's the they 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 jumped over that mental hurdle. So and maybe they did to a little, to a certain extent, but you also have to remember that this is still, you know, this is still Evan Gaddis. This is still, this is still Tucker. This is still AJ Reed. This is still, right. this is and still Bre- Tyler Bregman. These are yeah. guys. Yeah. And, and Bregman, I mean, shoot, you're seeing, now you're seeing some blind signs of light. Yeah. He's, com- him, yeah when- he, he's coming around, but Seth, I wanted to ask you and, and I don't want to bring up any painful memories, but does it parallel at all to the Indianapolis did you did you guys feel that, or did you really not care? And every game was a new game against them, or did you start to feel it's, that? And the media pressure just got annoying because it's like always talked about. It's tricky because when I was, you know, my first five years of the team, that was before we ever had any really competitive teams. We got close uh, once or twice, right. and we and we were playing against Peyton Manning that whole time. I would say that I think when it comes to playing against a guy like Peyton Manning. And, and I'd say the same thing about Brett Favre when I watched him. There's something about the mystique of those guys that gets you in the fourth quarter. There's something about there's something where 
whether you whether you admit it or not, there's something about the fact that you are playing against Peyton Manning or Brett Favre or the Texas Rangers that it it, it feels like if something little goes wrong, then everything goes wrong. Yeah, you know that hit's coming, and you can feel it, and it's a palpable thing, and I felt it today. The second uh, Davinsky threw, he threw a terrible wild, it wasn't a wild pitch, but it was just just an awful pitch, and that was after the leadoff double, before they started taking the lead, and the next pitch was, was off the wall and left, and it was just like, well, you knew that was coming when they didn't pull him, and it was yeah. like, I felt it, I knew it. That, that may be just being a, a Houston I fan. But I felt the same way, though. On the, the flip side of the argument would be I felt the same way when Marisnik punted uh, with, with one out there. And I thought, okay, great, small ball, whatever. And then that ended up working to tie the game. Uh, you know, I, I felt a little bit when I see – did you notice when Gomez was warming up to be a pinch runner, it looked like he was, like, stiff and limping as he was warming up to be a pinch runner? <laughs> I, had a, like, I had a horrible feeling about all of that, but that worked out, too. So I don't know, I don't know how much of it is just dumb, stupid luck and how much of it is that they're, they're snake-bitten, but there's, there's definitely – something there well yeah and they're all banged up so you got colby rasmus with the ear thing which could be the worst thing and i i have a feeling it's very bad gomez is sick today so he's out of the lineup and i don't know what that means sick is very vague and then you got um marwin Marwin gonzalez's wife is pregnant right or is he banged up somebody is somebody's wife is, is like about to have a baby which is all good well what happened with fister's baby fister had the baby right yeah yeah. Okay. There was a position okay. player, right? No, but Mar- Marwin. A lot, ba- a lot of babies this year. We got Castro. We got Fister. It's that. It's that October. These ba- it's these damn babies. It's the playoff. I it out. It's the playoff it baby. You gotta. You've gotta make hay while the sun shines. If you're a married man, you know. You know what we're talking about. That things are going good. You gotta. You gotta get where the getting's good and. Yeah. Make yourself you a baby. Try to time it. You don't want to have the baby during the playoff. Uh, just like you don't want to, you don't have to go out the rehab during the playoffs. Those are the two big things. Those yeah. are the big no nos. Yeah, yeah. Knock your knock your wife up in July and August, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, no, no. But Marwin, there there was like a weird note about Marlin uh, Marwin with um, yeah, he's something's wrong with him. There would no, there was like the he had an issue at home or something. That's what Hinch said before the game. That's, it was it's very his vague. wife and his wife is pregnant then. I learned this today. I didn't know it, but that's it was such a weird on way that, to have the baby. Such a weird way that Hinch like, said it. Because I don't the think they're using the paternity thing. I don't think they're using that thing that Castro did, and they're just calling it a family thing. And it's just she's pregnant. Hmm. It could have been a complication, so it's a family issue. I don't. You're right. You were right about Rasmus's uh, Rasmus's ear thing is the weirdest of all the weird baseball injuries that have come up his is it seems like the weirdest and it's just the perfectly like he didn't you know it's not like he's the guy that broke his back sneezing or or sprained his wrist falling <laughs> in the shower but i've just never heard of that chemomelothemia or whatever it is that he has behind his ear and it's got to be messing him up no yeah I, we i mean we were talking before we called you in and we were just like at the minimum the batting helmet's got to hurt and it's got to throw off your equilibrium a little bit or something yeah. i i it just it's just we, one of those things. I think he's going to hang it up, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he retired. To be honest with, <laughs> with everybody, and, I, and I'm dead serious about that. He didn't want. He didn't want to play much longer. He was re- he, Yeah, he said he only wanted to play a couple more years, and he was good and wanted to go to his farm and like, like, raise possums. What he does. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if if this is something like that's more serious than just assist, and it's you know 
God forbid it's cancerous or something bad. I, I think he's done. I don't know about that. Wow. Uh, I think it's, but I'm a, it but I'm a bad person. Like it sounded, but it, no, but it was. Well, it's not like you're, you're wishing him on it. You know, you're no, I'm, I'm definitely not. I love that guy. <laughs> of course, you love him. I just think because from what we'd heard of it, it wasn't. You know, it's not cancerous or malignant or anything like that. It's just these weird things that happen. I would, and, and maybe it just maybe it's one of these things that takes an entire off season to get back to normal. Hinch was really weird about it in his uh, when he was listening to injuries this morning, and it was just the way he addressed it was very cryptic, and it was like it was a lot worse than uh, than a, than we previously had known, and that's just what it felt like to me, and that maybe just Hinch's personality and him listing it, but it didn't. Sa- it just sounded really bad, and he mm-hmm. was trying to make it not sound bad, and he just did the opposite. Oh, it doesn't matter. Whether he's out there or not, what does it matter at this point? How is it possible that the Astros... I mean, you think about the holes that the Astros have, and it's clearly first base, it's two-thirds of the outfield, it's... Bregman's coming around, but but I said this earlier that I really think that this current stretch of the Astros, this is bad as it gets. This is as bad as it gets for the next couple of years because... They went for it last year. We can talk about it later if y'all want um, as to whether that was the right move to go for it last year. Um, they've sort of stood pat as we saw at the trade deadline. This this year is what's I still the disagree, I, but James, I still disagree with you on going for it. I I know you hate the Casimir trade. Hate it. That that was adding an arm that they wanted to be here forever so that it ended up not working out and then there was like what gaddis so it was gaddis and casimir no it you was call that going if, if that's going for it then okay. well it was it was gomez it was gomez fires and casimir was the deadline yeah yeah well, yeah, yeah gomez fires but i mean i still like gomez was it's all casimir, you're not it's not like you're putting your nuts on the line for casimir that was a very low low downside proposition financially yeah it wasn't it, it wasn't the best but I still feel like that wasn't going for it. Right. No, I'm agreeing with you. It was, I, I think it, they it was had, one of those. It was, it was a high upside proposition, low downside because you weren't spending right. it. You're, and, you're catching a guy when he was low. And, and, and the, the Gomez was low, and he just has been shit and, and done nothing. And I love the guy, and I wish he was great. Fires has been adequate. He's been for me and the way I was talking to myself to you know, I, what I was feeling, the way I was trying to talk myself into being positive about it, and I think it's it's legitimate, is that for one, Guriel Guriel was one of the aggressive moves, but the problem is it's going to be three weeks too late by the time he gets up here. Yep. And then Bregman, Musgrove, uh, Hoyt, these are the other aggressive moves, which for a team that's been building and building forever through your farm system, elevating those guys and bringing them up, even though it's what you plan on doing, and you're doing that as your aggressive moves in lieu of trading things away. But the problem is, it's still a much bigger gamble than bringing in a Lucroy, uh, you know, or, or bringing in a bringing in a Beltron. Let, let's say there was no drama here with Beltron or any of those things. So that's the that's a risk you run, and it certainly hasn't worked out. You know, Guriel's not going to likely not going to be here in time to help. Maybe there's maybe maybe he is. Uh, Bregman Bregman just took two weeks too long to to get it or a week too long to get it going, and right now right. it just feels like absolutely nothing they did leading up to the trade deadline. Was was better than what they should have done or could have done, which is a trade. I'm still I'm trying to take the long term view here. I am and, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely am too. Uh, I, I think that I would rather have Musgrove up here throwing and Bregman getting the reps and then be really, really good playoff team for three or four years or however long the window is, maybe longer. They're all very young. Um, it's hard when you're a competitive person and you're a fan rooting for a team, but sometimes that that's the approach and that's they believe in the guys and that's what they're going to do. So we have to deal with it. And it's bad right now, and there's some injury bugs. And you had guys like Valbuena, like you said, carrying the team. Um, it, they're just they're beaten up, and they can't hit for shit. Springer can't hit now. All of a sudden, that's cool. That's real cool. <laughs> I'm a real big fan of that. Um, but I mean, but they were right there to win this game today. And uh, I mean, Texas had 13 people left on base and had fucking like 16 hits. Or something ridiculous. Um, they could have killed us today, and they didn't. Musgrove was great. Um, Giles almost screwed us again and pitched him, like struck out what he struck out the side after he loaded the bases. Yep. So, I mean, doing typical Giles things. It's not – it's terrible because the offense is dead, but they're not – they're in these games. And the, I think it makes it more frustrating because they're in these games aside from the Detroit series. The the problem is that they're in the games and, and you can pitch all you want, but it's – you can hold the other team to zero runs, but if you can't scratch off one, then what's the point? I mean, it, it, at some point you have to lean offense heavy, and I do not – and I know that A.J. Reed – and this is kind of the the subject of a post that's going to come on Astros County in the next couple of days. Is that he takes a while to adjust? Like, I, how do you how do you rake at AAA and and then look like I don't know Adam Everett in a slump? You know, at, at the major league level, that you have to be able to put it together, and there's not enough dudes putting it together at, with the Astros right now to make it to 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 make the pitching effective enough, because I mean, you hold it, because what, the Astros, Keuchel threw that complete game shutout, and that's right. what, one one win in the last five games? So yep. you either have to be perfect as a pitcher, or you have to luck into some runs. Those things happen to line up in the same, in the same game. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know how you handle that. And it, so what I want to ask you, Seth, is because I've got a whole lot of mentions that Dave Hudgens, the Astros uh, hitting coach, should be fired. At what point is the hitting coach to blame, or are you a major league hitter that's been in the majors for nine or ten years, and you're going to do whatever you want to do up at the plate? Maybe that advice or the the instruction comes before the game, and then whatever you're going to do what you've done for the last ten years, they got you to the majors. Like, what's the role of the position coach, and how effective is that? That's one thing you know. My my uh, radio partner and I, Mike Meltzer, argue about that a lot because Mike Mike tends to downplay the significance of the hitting coach in terms of laying blame on the position coach, and I'm I agree with him there. But I do think that when you have a really good hitting coach and somebody that has the ear of the of the players, then they can make a big difference. So I don't, you know, with Altuve and the adjustments he's made in his swing um, and his approach at the plate more than anything this off season, I don't know how much his personal guys had to do with that versus. Dave Hudgens, uh, some of the other guys that have hit well above and beyond, you know, whether it's Valbuena or any of these other guys that have, have done better with the Astros 
than they've done at any other team. Does Dave Hudgens get credit for them? But on the other side of it, and I just I was just thinking this as you were talking about the success guys have had in AAA, I, maybe, and this is way above my pay grade when we start talking about things like this, but maybe the success that the batters have in AAA is partly because the instruction is so good and they're using, you know, they're using that little bat monitor now that, that analyzes the swing on you on the computer and explains exactly how you should switch your switch, switch all the angles to get the best trajectory and, and et cetera. And it, it certainly seems like we have this flood of guys coming from AAA that just can't match their production in the majors when they get up there. And that's not, it's not like that's, that's the typical thing that happens. Guys obviously right. don't do as well in the majors, but it seems like it's particularly drastic with the Astros this season. You, you go back to John Singleton the last couple seasons. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if anything, guys are maybe the maybe the performances in AAA are lying to us a little bit, and because the instruction is better than at other AAA teams or throughout the farm system, you know the consistency from A to AA to AAA that our farm system is doing that well quite as good as maybe the numbers suggest or the performance suggests in AAA. And, and which means, I'll say it again, you just got to be patient with these guys. Because people outside of the Astros organization, outside of Houston, are still saying that A.J. Reed is a top prospect. You know, and certainly nobody's second-guessing whether Bregman's going to be a good player long-term one. So how much does Dave Hudgens have to do that with that or not? I, I don't know because I don't know what goes on in that organization. Some teams in various sports, the position coaches have a huge effect. Other teams, uh, the position coach is a guy that's kind of there as a guide, but it's it's mostly up to the guys themselves to get it done. How important are the, is the position coach in, in football? I feel like it's very important because it's it, like it, a close-knit group. It's like a mini team within a team, correct? Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you asked me that, actually, because I, I always figure I maybe I don't know enough about how it actually works with hitting coaches. But I will say that I think this is pretty common with all sports. Every team's got assistant coaches that aren't necessarily all that good at what they do, but they're, but they're blessed with really talented players. <laughs> and I had, you know, five, six different position coaches in my time in the NFL, but I had one here when I was with the Texans my first few years who made a huge difference in how I played and, yeah. and just elevated my my play completely and it's not that any of the other coaches were bad it's just that when that this guy it's Todd Grantham actually who's the defensive yeah. coordinator for Louisville now um but as a position coach he was really dialed in and knew exactly what I needed so he made a big difference for me if you had asked me that question you know after I had various other coaches I might have said ah yeah your position coach yeah you can only do so much but but this guy having the right guy made a big big difference well that doesn't help yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's good to hear that somebody made a difference. I uh, I shared your video from Whitney Merciless's uh, football camp. I, I liked your talk a lot about the hands. I thought that was a really good talk. Just to switch to football for a second, uh, go on my Facebook people if you uh, haven't seen it and or check Seth's page. You can go to Seth's page. That's probably the the nicer thing to do. But you can go to my page too. Well, that's uh, that's that's a great example. You know, Mike Vrabel, the linebackers coach. For the Texans, I think he's made a big difference with Jadavion Clowney. Uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney is much better against the run than I ever thought he would be. And yeah. a lot of that, you know, it, it's because he's worked at it, but he's worked at it with Mike Vrabel. So I think Mike Vrabel's shown that he's a pretty good position coach. 
I try to give you know I try to give Gary Pettis credit for being the outfield coach. <laughs> he takes so much crap for for third his work at third base that I just want to I always want to point out. Hey, listen, we listen got a great out. outfield. They're, they're damn good. They're damn good. That's a damn good outfield. And Gary Pettis is the outfield coach. Defensively, yes, outfield. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like the he has just it's the same thing as the closer syndrome. You just every time you see a mistake of him either stopping a guy or waving a guy home, it's somehow detrimental because you see that run either get taken away or never happen. And it's like yeah. the closer comes in and pitches for two months without anything happen and then gives up four runs and you lose a three-run lead in the ninth and it's Armageddon. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of a shitty place. What are you going to do? So how do I you, like that he's aggressive. How well, do you, and that's part of it. Part of it with Gary Pettis too is that that's you know that's the organizational philosophy. You're going to be aggressive right. on the base path. So it's like a it's like the colonel whose orders are to send the guys over the the top of the trenches in World War One. It's not his fault that they're all going to die. It's just what he's, what he's ordered to do. <laughs> just doing my job, guys. He's just doing his job. That's Astros right. Twitter, calm right. down. So what that a thousand dudes died. Because of mustard gas, you know. Because whatever. of Gary, because of Gary Pettis. Yeah. Who cares that people died because of Gary Pettis? It doesn't matter. He's just they doing his job. Of, they died because of Gary Pettis, and that don't even get me started on the defensive shifts. <laughs> no, no. All right. So, so how do you feel about sort of the advanced stuff that the Astros are doing? Like, as an athlete, you know, if I, yeah. I don't know what the comparison or the composite would be for the NFL, but but how does that if if you come up through high school, college, whatever, the minors, and then all of a sudden you're told, like, you're going to move here for this type of play, and you're going to move over here for for what this pitch might be. Like, how does that mess with an athlete? Is it is it good? Is it bad? Does it depend on the athlete? Like, what's, what's going on? It's the wildcat. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think the, this generation of athletes is pretty receptive to it. I think all the younger guys are all about it, and it, it, is, it should be. You know, it's, it's, it's total, the people that are still against the shift, is just, it's complete confirmation biases. They just, they pick out the times that it gets hit into a gap, and they say, there, you, you see the shift hurts you. But it's obviously, the young guys all know that it works. I it, I feel better about Bregman being a natural shortstop who's playing third because at least because of the shifts, he's over there playing basically shortstop half the time when he's in the field, at least where he's lined up. Um, I, I think most players are pretty cool with that. I remember listening to Fires earlier in the season talking about his fastball and how, you know, even though it's only an 89-mile-per-hour fastball, it looks faster because of, the, because of the spin rate. And it's not anything he ever would have known, and it wouldn't have been able to be quantified if they didn't have all this incredible technology to, um, to work with earlier or that they do now. So I think, you know, players like having that. I know players love if I were a, if I were a player playing defensive line and I hadn't had a tackle in two games, but somebody were able to come up to me and say, "Hey, well, you know, the advanced stats show that that's partly just because of bad luck, but your your exit velocity and your uh, you know just like whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 getting off the off the ground quick and you're moving in. Yeah. yeah. If they had all these stats to show that I was actually playing well, even though I wasn't accumulating statistics, then I'd be all about that. Now, you hear that when guys, it's got to be a little bit easier to go through a slump when you realize that, okay, I've just been, you know what, I've, I've been hitting the ball hard, I've been making contact, it's just been bad luck, and I've been hitting it directly to people. And I think that is a big part of it, but it still gets you down. That's what's, that's what baseball is so tough, is because you can catch the ball square and just hit it to somebody 
20 times in a row and it's like the worst part of your career and it's you're leveling up the ball i mean what are you gonna do that's why i loved seeing that picture of springer doing the doing the electrical stim physical therapy and bregman's bat oh it was the best because <laughs> oh, that's exactly like that, that kid you know because the kid he looks like he's 12 years old and mm-hmm. you just you you can't I couldn't get mad at him because you just feel for him because he looks so young and vulnerable and you got to think about what, what's going through his mind, this kid that's always had success at every level of baseball. And it takes things like that, you know, guys like George Springer to, to lessen that pressure. And that's the thing that he's – I keep reminding myself of those moments with this baseball team that it is it is a lovable bunch of guys, you know, and, and you never feel like they're mailing it in. It's just that sometimes – Evan Gaddis is going to be Evan Gaddis, <laughs> and some sometimes these guys just aren't going to—they're not going to perform the way we want them to. Yeah, I, I, see, I, I, I feel like it's all going to come together. And I wanted to really bitch and make this negative, but Seth, you're just bringing out positive vibes. I just feel like it's—they're still a young core. The sports, the original Sports Illustrated cover said 2017. I don't know if it's World Series, but I'd like to see next year's team. They're going to be a beast. So who? Do no, you, I think so. And that. No, go ahead. Oh no, that's all right. I was just going to. I was. I. I. I can't. I'll, I'll get all sappy and be even more positive, and then I'll lose all credibility. Good. So, yeah. So who on the current team is not here on opening day, two thousand seventeen? Rasmus. Uh, maybe Keichel. Gomez. Gomez. You think Keichel, uh, fire, hold, fires? Hold up! You think you think I mean, Keichel's Pister, gone? Pister. Dude, I don't. Yeah, he's gonna want to be. Is this the? Well, is he under contract for? Is this the he, end of his contract? I think he has another year of arbitration. If he has another year, then he's here. But when his contract's up, I think that's a wrap on Keichel. No kidding. Because he's gonna oh, want no. a Cy Young money, and he's not gonna get it because he's not producing like one. And I love the guy. It's it's just what are you gonna do? Keuchel still has uh, wait. It's at least two years. Is it three more? I, I thought it was shorter, but uh, it it could be. Yeah. It, it, it definitely could be. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. So um, who else? Is Valbuena I, I, is Valbuena on the opening day roster of 2017? No. I think no, they. I think they sell high on Valbuena. See, I wanted them to do that at the all at the trade deadline, and yeah. I know he was hitting, and you couldn't. But he is a free agent this year. Yeah, Valbuena. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. he's done after this oh, year. Okay. Well, then they didn't. Yeah, okay. For some reason, I thought he had another year out here. So, like, I would have liked them to get something, but I mean, if there was no deal to be made, and he's hitting, and you're, and you, they're essentially still going for it. They're just going for it with the guys that they have in the system. Like, I, I firmly believe that they thought that Bregman was going to come up and be a savior and that Gurriel was going to come up after him and that Musgrove was going to make it up. Musgrove's been great. I think they really believed that it was all going to come together and a week like we just witnessed wasn't going to happen. I mean, because they were hot when all of this transpired. Yeah. For the most part. It was it was all starting, the bad the bad things, when the, when the deadline happened. Okay. It was Bregman. Right? When Bregman got here, everything has been bad since. Just good throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 it's one of those things that people keep bringing that up, and I want to I want to not believe that the that the timing was that perfect. It's just like that article uh, that was floating around about 
McCullers mechanics. I refuse to read it. I don't want to hear anything about it. I don't want to see that McCullers might actually be more injury prone. I'm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was interested by that too, and I didn't buy into any of it at all. Yeah. I'm. Really... But it was it was convincing. It was a convincing article. Did you read that, James? Yeah. No, I'm really. I mean, it's basically. D, are you? Here's the gamble. Is is McCullers the next Roger Clemens or is he the next Billy Wagner? Like that's kind of what you're what you're sort of banking on. Like, do you go the safe route and move him to the bullpen, or do you just kind of ride it out and see what he can do in the rotation? So, so where are y'all? I want to thank Seth Payne. Uh, he had to run into a production meeting, and it was very fast. But he is the best. Uh, thanks, Seth, for coming on. You were awesome. As he said, the uh, he didn't want to pull a Jalen Rose <laughs> and be a football guy and or a basketball guy and come on and talk football. So he didn't want to do the same thing. So he apologized. He apologized to the the listenership. So uh, forgive Seth. Um, the question that was posed about McCullers uh, moving into a closer role, I think that's something that they've always been considering, and I I think everybody's hoop dream to use a basketball reference just to fuck everything up, um, was that McCullers would be an ace starter and a live arm in the rotation. But I think with some of this little stuff that's happening, I think it's more realistic to see him in a closer role. And I'd like to see them try it, considering uh, what we're working with at the moment. So so I guess my my question is that, like, because Keith Law did this uh, a few weeks ago and said... Something about McCullers being a pretty great closer, and McCullers straight up lashed out at Keith Law, um, telling him he had a, a terrible blog. And if if he thinks Keith Law has a terrible blog, then he does not pay any attention to Astros County. But I mean, at, at what point do you wonder about the? But mindset? that's also his. He's a fiery competitor, and he's like a starting pitching ego. I was a starting pitcher, and you don't want to. Like you don't look down on the bullpen, you respect it, but you want to go that complete game. You want to start. You want the ball at the beginning. So it's it's an almost an ego thing on that. Um, and he still might be. I'm not saying that he's done as a starter. I I don't think that's even in the plans. But I I think it's something to entertain. And like, didn't Keith Law say that he thinks that McCullers is a good starter and could be like all-time great closer it that was, he could be a, an elite closer yeah it was best. along those lines yeah yeah i mean it was super hyperbole like i the the best in the league and i agree when you have shit like that to come in for an inning that's i, I but guess i think it might be a difficult transition with how he has a problem settling in sometimes yeah um so but i i wouldn't close the door on that at, at all I guess especially my, if you're having elbow issues issues and stuff. I guess my question is would you rather have Lance McCullers at 70% for 180 innings or would you rather have Lance McCullers at 110% for 70 innings? Like what's the long-term gain? I want the be- best Lance McCullers that helps the team the most. I I personally want him to succeed as a starter. Because there's no live arms there right now. Well, I guess well, Musgrove has a decent arm, right? Yeah. Um, and by decent, I mean really, 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 really good. <laughs> um, and I think they plan. I think they plan to get Feliz another shot there at some point. Maybe not this year, but I feel like Feliz will get another shot in the, in the rotation. 
So are you, um, when they work through fires and Fister, and I, but that's just a feeling I have. Are, um, we do need long relief, so he may just be that guy. But his stuff's electric, and I think they need electric stuff in the rotation. So uh, I personally want McCullers to turn into an ace, and I think that's what he wants. But it's all this little like, – trying to think of somebody – there's a million comparisons I can make, and I can't think of one. That there are these just little bullshit injuries, a blister, uncomfortable elbow. It's And a lot of it's precautionary, and it's like the Strasburg syndrome that I just invented that's awesome. No, yeah. Um, it's a lot of that. It's like, oh, no, we're shutting you down for two weeks. Your elbow feels weird. We're not fucking with this. Yeah. No Tommy John. Like, we're not, do- we're not doing this. Um, Which is the right move. I mean, that's, that's a 100%, but... At what point do you, I mean, I don't know. That's a weird line for me as a competitor. Sometimes your arm hurts and you got to pitch through it. But that's old school shit. Yeah. But but th- that that's also no excuse for how terrible the offense has been for the last two weeks. Well, see, the, and it doesn't matter. So if my team was hitting like this, I would shut McCullers down too. That was going to be my next question. Like, do you do you just say we'll see you in? You can hang out in the clubhouse. You can sit in the dugout, but you're not going to throw a baseball again until February of 2017. Is that where you are right now with McCullers? What are we at? What are we out in the wild card? It's like four or five games. Uh, I I put him on standby for a for a stretch run, and if we pull back into it, I shut him down temporarily. What would they do? Fifteen day initially. Yeah, or do they indefinitely suspend? No, it's, yeah, it's two, 15. 15 day. Yeah, um, yeah, I would do that. See how we play, and in after fifteen, well, it's almost up now, right? No, it's it's only been the last few days that he's gone. Okay, he, he's gone the okay, way of the dodo. to make it. Okay, then yeah, I'd ride that out and see where we're we where we are. If it's just, I mean, if it's just straight discomfort, everybody's dismissing it like it's no big deal. But that's a big we deal. Know, but we know how that goes yeah so is this are, are you ready how long before you call 2016 and say all right we're now in 2017 mode like is it i'm really close man i'm really really close um I, i'm doing i'll do the uh i'm gonna give them to the end of august and that's and that's the season anyway if they're if they're not any better it's done anyway so it doesn't matter but, I mean, they have the rest of this month to crawl back in it and then beat the Rangers in September. That's the only, I mean, unless they just go buck wild and they take care of business with Toronto and they fall apart and they steal the wild card. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, it doesn't feel good right now, but didn't it feel really good a little bit before that when they were back? So, I mean, this team does this. The, the and they pro- do it. They they swing so drastically that you feel euphoria when they're smashing the ball, and then the pitching's been great. What's yeah? That's how, what's really sucks is don't we lead the AL in ERA? It's or it, we're one we're the, one of the top yeah. two teams with Toronto. It's, it's we're up there. Yeah, it's good. Pitching, and I would think that we good. might be number one after this week. I mean, we've given up besides the Detroit. Oop, my uh, headphones cut out, so you can still hear me. Yeah, the uh, sides of Detroit series, like I mean, it's been all two one games. No, the the offense has been the the absolute problem um, over the last Always. couple of weeks. 
Um, all right, I'm back. Sorry about that. No, you're good. You could hear everything, so I should have just pretended nothing happened. Um, <laughs> totally leaving that. Yeah, they've been, <laughs> of course. Yeah, you've done enough editing. Yeah, I, I, I think that they, they've been great. And it sucks that you don't win those games because this offense is capable of putting up five a game. And when you're, you're putting up zero, uh, there was like, what, five games in a row they scored one run or some shit like that. I'm terrible. just making stuff up at the point. No, they've been awful. Offense has been terrible. I mean, ter- but just terrible. And it, bad at bats, like foul pop-outs. Yeah. And these bloops and like one or two. I mean, maybe you could they get some good con. Like Bregman had... Before he hit the, the big double, he had some. I don't know, he was just popping out, just like shallow shortstop pop-outs, just mm, meh. whatever. So, I, you know, it's like the Gattises and the Marisniks, and Marisniks plays a hell of a fucking center field. No, like, screw uh, that. I okay, cool. You're, I'm, you're but a- I'm, I'm just like giving him his just due. Like I don't, I have no qualms with Jake Marisnik, but these guys aren't are the guys on. For this future team, no, and I, I feel like we need to go ahead and move on and do it. Marisnik's just a fast white guy, and there's a ton of fast white guys, you know, that are that can hit two ten. It's it's time to, you got to move past the experimental phase at some point. Well, they're not experimenting; they're just dealing with what they have. I think at this point, and he did run backwards today on a bunt to first base. Just FYI, sorry, Grace. <laughs> but you can't, you can't swoon on a uh, that bunt, even though it did get the runner over. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, so, so like we have a bunch of guys that aren't in the big picture, and that that kind of bugs me with the concept being that we're building off a core. And I know like Guriel coming up spreads out Bregman, and that Valbuena being down, it, and it's our plans off right now because people are down and we're kind of fucked. But when those guys are playing, like we, we just don't. There's no wiggle room. They don't get big hits. They don't like the top of our lineup is the one of the best in the league, if not the best. Springer's slumping right now. Yep. But nobody's picking them up. Well, Altuve hits all the time. Correa is hitting again. Uh, sort of. Um, Bregman now hits. It's over 100. That's pretty cool. <laughs> My, Pretty impressive considering it was like 026 the other day. Yeah. So like I'm I'm happy with that. He's gonna be fine. It's good to see in that big hit today in a clutch spot made me feel really good. I think um, Bre- I think Bregman's gonna be fine. Um where does the 2016 Astros rank on the on your list of the teams of the Astros teams that you hate the most? Because um, I, well, I hate them. They're, they're up there because they are the most frustrating team to watch. And I don't know if it's coming off of last year. It's like a hangover thing, and they're the same team essentially. I, I don't know what it is, but I don't love them. Like, I adored 2016 Astros, and this team, like, I they're on the very bottom of my list. So so which is the more real team? Is is 2015 the actual Astros, or is 2015? The middle. It's, it's the it's some whatever the middle is. Yeah, 2015 is probably closer, but I think it's it's closer to they're a mediocre baseball team that should hover around 500. Which what I said in the beginning of the year when in April when we were all sad. I remember that's, that's because they're doing these swings. They win and then they lose a lot. They can't they can't just do it on an even pace. 
how do you explain that? Like, how do you... They're have, young and stupid. I don't think there's... Yeah, I keep going back to the... the, the, the I don't there's think so there's... so much inexperience in the lineup, up and down. Like, Bregman, yeah, he can rake, but he's still hitting. Uh, AJ Reed, everybody, Tyler White, all these guys are having to play right now. And Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp had a great game today, by the way. Yeah, shout he out, did. Shout out to Tony Kemp. Um, but like he's having to come up and step up. So like we're asking these guys to do this, and no good baseball team has four or five guys that are just up from AAA in their starting lineup. That's not good. So I think it's a mixture of a lot of things. It's some bad luck. It's, it's some injury bugs, and it's just bad timing. But it's still not good. We saw it with the full team, you know, with Gomez and Rasmus without his ear thing. So, so, but you, I, I'm ready to shut it down. Like I'm close. I'm I'm holding out hope because we are not done, and they can go on a tear. And I've seen them do it. So I'm not ready to like do the funeral for this year. But I am preparing for it. I have called the funeral parlor and seen what it will cost. No, I'm ready. I'm ready to call this year because they've been terrible. And and when they were really good, they were really good against teams that were absolutely worse than they were. And now that they're playing halfway decent teams, they can't put it together. And the problem is for the next, what, month? They're playing pretty good teams. And they can't they can't hit against pretty good teams. And I don't know if that's if that's an experience. I don't know if that's uh, bad luck. I don't know if it's a combination of the two, but I I, I have zero hope. Uh, whatever Fangraphs has as far as the division percentage or the playoff percentage, I will subtract whatever they have because I don't think this team is mentally capable of clinching a playoff spot. And I do not understand it because at the beginning of the season, in our first episode, we were talking about I think the Astros should win pretty much, you know, there's going to be lulls, but they should win two out of three. Two out of two four. Two out of every three was the, was the metric that we used, and we thought that anything less than a playing for the pennant was a failure. Yeah, they should, They. should. I'm not going to say they should play 670 ball, which is pretty much what they're going to have to play from here on out in order to catch the Rangers. But how frustrating was it for them to be the best team in baseball for a really extended period of time and then literally just shut it down and do the opposite and erase everything that they did? That's that's the most. That's why they're on the bottom of my list because they've done next to nothing and they just turned they just turned it off. Well, they and they they just were the greatest and they've come back and oh the Rangers All Star break all this and then now here we are. They do they do great things against teams that aren't very good, and you you face a team that has like maybe two starters that are worth something, or or three, and they can't they can't do it. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know if it's an experience, I don't know if it's bad luck, but but this team is not ready to live up to any sort of expectation. And I don't know if that's on the player, I don't know if it's on the front office, but I'm I'm sort of tired of it like me too i I don't i'm not gonna i'm never gonna quit the astros but no of course not but give me a break like like get a a a blooper to left when when you really need it don't strike out every single freaking time yeah it's so obvious and it's and you know what's it's coming too so i mean it's not when we all know it and yeah, I I don't know if it's lack of veteran leadership. Like Springer's your veteran, 
Um, with Raspis not contributing and Gomez, I don't know how active as leaders they are in the clubhouse, but when you're not producing, I don't know if it garners the same effect that somebody killing the game. Like, Correa might be the leader. He's fucking a kid. He's six months younger than Alex Bregman. Yeah, so we have a bunch of kids, and they can't handle that kind of thing yet. And I think they will eventually. I, I really do have hope in the future. Like, I, it, I just... This team, for whatever reason, isn't there. And you're right, it, it isn't. I'm not giving up on it because I'm just a fan and I'm not going to do it yet. But I, I, I have the same feeling you do. I just I feel bad about it. I don't, I don't like it. For whatever reason, it's really important for me uh, to win a World Series before the Rangers do. Oh, no, absolutely. We have to do that. And I, I don't see that happening. Like, I think the Rangers are going to win a World Series before the Astros do. The, I don't know. Uh, no, you're getting cra- That's crazy fucking talk. Stop. No, Stop. No, I believe it. I Because I don't know what John Daniels... I think John Daniels, the GM of the Rangers, has sold his soul to the devil. And well, he I did, he, that's obvious. That's 100%. That's already happened. He's, that, that definitely happened. He's going to burn in hell forever. Yeah. And... We'll get a ring out of it, but I I I think we beat him to it. Uh, yeah, and I'm okay with that trade. Like, if if any of us is gonna burn in hell forever, I'd rather it be John Daniels than me. But I hate to have Lucroy beat us, and Beltran look kind of dumb at the plate. Um, all right, so now that a week's passed, like, do you? It's I'm, I want to go back to the cock block analogy. Like, at what point do you realize, like, okay, Beltran doesn't help us long term? But at least he doesn't help the Rangers. Like at what point? I, I still don't feel like he's going to. Lucroy is the one that hurts me. All right. Well, he was going to be next. So yeah, yeah. No. yeah I, I wish we would have got him, and then you sign him for the future, and you have a superstar catcher, and then all of a sudden we're a fucking beast because that guy absolutely rakes. He does. And steal on us. That's fine. He'll make up for it with his uh. I don't know, dude. I I would have rather had Lucroy. I don't know how even close we. I don't even know if we even had a chance. It was just. I don't, we probably would have done the same thing Cleveland did and not promised him the job, and then he would have been like, "All right, bye." No, I think that with because Milwaukee's GM is the former Luno assistant, so right, like uh, talks would have started there, and that would have been good, but. Is Max Stassi the the dude? Like, or do you extend? Justin I have literally Castro? no idea, and that's what I don't like about it. I have absolutely no idea if he is. This team, this team is the worst. I hate them. I know there's so much uncertainty, and there's all these like ifs. Oh, there's all these ceilings or no ceilings, or oh, the future's bright. It, it's just very frustrating. Um, and I think, and I blame last year's success on on the feeling I'm having right now because we're supposed to still be growing, and last year was just amazing, and I'm glad they did it, and it was one of my favorite teams of all time, but they have cursed my feelings for this year because of expectation. Yeah, because t- last year was a fluke, a total. They, fluke. they they earned that. They won those games. Respect to everybody that performed. That's fucking amazing. It was great. You got that wild card spot. You you snuck it out, and then you go and win a, one game at Yankee Stadium, and then you had the Royals on the ropes. Yep, awesome. But shit, like they're just they're not that good. They're not that good. They're not like look at the ro- just name the rotation and then laugh 
it, they're not good. And our our Cy Young winner is seven and thirteen or eight. Now he's eight and eleven or whatever it is. It's something like that. Shit, I don't know. He was seven and eleven, I think. I think he's eight and eleven now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But yeah, our Cy Young winner is eight and eleven or whatever it is. Do you yep. think? Do you think McHugh is is a viable part of the rotation two years from now? Um, I, I, how cool would it be if we added enough shit to where he's like a number five starter? That'd be great. I think that's that, where that's where I see him. He has nasty stuff and come out and he can do that Doug Fister thing where he's well. Fires was good the other night too. Um, fires Fires is only good when it seems like his job is on the line. Like his if, job is on the line. It's not. It's done. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. If they but, tell, if they tell Mike Fires, like, hey, if you don't throw seven innings tonight, you're getting DFA'd. Like, <laughs> like they need to do that every game. It's on the whiteboard. It's just like Mike Fires, and it's just like question mark, question mark, question mark. Yep. Where Where will he be? I don't yep. know. It's like they have a depth chart somehow. For baseball, Mike, and it's just like Mike Fires with question marks. Mike Fires, uh, uh, and it's like a link. They sent him a text, and it's like a link to Fresno hotels. Like it's, that's, it's Hangman, and it's just got DF, and then it's a blank, <laughs> and the Hangman's almost done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! God, I hate this team. I hate them. They're the worst. I'm mad. They're worse than the 2000 Astros, like when Jose Lima was giving up. A- oh, that was a that was a bullshit team. Um, I was I hated that team, but I don't I didn't hate I don't hate them because there was beloved players, and these guys haven't earned my Altuve has, no. and Correa is the star child, and I love Springer, but these guys aren't beloved. And like Jose Lima and fucking Richard Hidalgo and Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio, all these guys are Royals. Walt, these are beloved Astros. None of these guys are those guys yet, and I, I can't compare them to them. But that's why I don't hate that team as much as I hate this. All this uncertainty and just flipping with the lineup and just messing with it. Oh, Bregman's hitting two. Bregman's hitting eight. Bregman's not playing. <laughs> like fuck, Hench. And I know it's not his fault. I'm not a fire hench guy. I just I I don't like the tinkering. No, you know like it, you can't it, get any continuity. I know that, and I know he has to because there's so much moving parts. There's injuries. You have to do all this stuff. I get it, but I feel like he just plays a little too much. That's just my that's my take. Given the injuries, I'm okay with the tinkering because you're trying to find you, something that'll work that night. But you're searching every night, and there's no continuity. How are you going to get any rhythm, which is so crucial for baseball players? It's rhythm and comfortable, like just being comfortable. Yeah. If you don't have no idea before you get to the yard what the lineup's going to be, unless he told you the night before. I mean, he might, but that's it. I don't know. I, I, I have no problem with adjusting for pitching and, oh, I'm, I'm going to go with a left-handed strong lineup or whatever. I, I, I get it. I'm not against that way of thinking, but I think he plays too much where it's the same lineup, but – you're hitting five instead of three, and it's just all these different spots. It makes a difference to how you're pitched. And with all these young guys who are still impressionable and still learning how to hit in the big leagues, I think it, it fucks with you a little bit because you're going to see some pitches and when you're hitting second for Bregman. When Bregman's hitting second, I know it took him a minute, but when you got those guys behind you, he, he's starting to hit now. When you got Correa, 
Springer behind you. Or not Springer, but Correa. Um, or Altuve and Correa. Um, so, what you know, what are you going to do? Besides give up and hate yourself and yeah. just know that your team is just very bad right now. Life is meaningless. It is. Like you said, walk, let's all walk into the sea. Let's just, just let the waves wash over us. It might help us. Get the sweet release of death. Drink the Kool-Aid, the bad kind. Yep, the saltwater Kool-Aid. It'll make you throw up. <laughs> and hopefully... I swallowed a wave last time I was at the beach. It will make you throw up. <laughs> and then you can just die and get out of here. Yeah, um, yeah dude, it's... Uh, so, all right. I, I, I'm on a week-to-week basis, so we can readdress this next week. Um, what? All right. So, but with, that's where they're at now because if you go and play like you did this last week, this week it's it's over for sure. But what they're going to do to us is just keep hanging on, and it's going to torture us. They are a cruel bitch lover. No, they're a they're a whore. Yeah, the 2016 Astros are a whore, and they're a lover. That makes you think that you can date them, but you never have a chance. Right. They'll give you a lab dance, but. And and you think maybe you can turn that into a relationship? Oh, th- oh, this one is something. This one's different. No, this one is not different. No, it's just butt cheeks. It's Astros girl grinding up against her baseball. Right. Why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't know. Let's get the hell out of here. But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate, and that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. <laughs> like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Olé! You get a free child's play, put your sticker stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, Ole! Hey.